Transition Radio from San Diego, exploring the world of change with you. Are you ready to take your life to a new level? Join transition coaches and best-selling authors Paula Shaw and Kendi Foster as they explore strategies to navigate changes in health, relationships, money, career, and so much more. Get the information and tools to make your life smoother, easier, and more productive. And now, your hosts, Paula Shaw and Kendi Foster. Welcome back to Transition Radio. We're talking about the art of holiday happiness in this show. And the woman that we have coming up in our next segment has really done a lot of work to find happiness after disaster. Sandra Miller's younger lost her home and 12 neighbors and nearly lost her own life in California's biggest wildfire. Her best-selling book, The Fire Outside My Window, has been praised by Amazon reviews and acclaimed as required reading for residents of wildfire country and adopted as a training text by top-level emergency professionals. In in light of what's been going on in California lately, this is a really important topic and something I'm really looking forward to talking with Sandra Miller's Younger about. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to Sandra, too. And um, welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you, Ken and Paula. Thank you for inviting me. How in the heck did you get caught in the middle of a wildfire? I guess that's the question a lot of people ask mm. when they, all of a sudden they wake up and the fire trucks are blazing down the streets and the smoke is uh, filling the air and the fire is coming towards you. Right. We, my husband and I, woke up in the middle of the night, in the middle of what is still um, California's biggest wildfire, although we may soon see that record eclipsed um, by some on recently but yes we um we woke up to the site of fire outside our windows there wasn't time for the emergency professionals to evacuate us the fire was moving so fast faster than fire trucks can drive oh. so we were on our own to grab our animals a few photographs jump in the closest car and drive out through smoke and flames that must have been terrifying. I can't even imagine. No time to it really was, pack up, just yeah. time to, to run for your life, really, huh? We were running for our lives. It was intense. But, you know, there was a miracle in the middle of it. And what was that? We were driving out. It turned out that I was driving because uh, my car was the quickest one to take. Mm-hmm. And just as we got to this very steep part of our neighborhood road in a canyon on the side of a mountain, actually, about 30 miles east of San Diego. We hit the smoke, and I couldn't see the road. And just at this moment, when we are in true danger of falling off the side of the mountain, a bobcat leaped out of the brush to my headlight. It was running from the fire, too. It was off running for its life. And... It wobbled just a bit and dashed up into the smoke, and something in me knew that the cat was on the road I couldn't see. Something in me knew to follow it. So I followed the bobcat, and that is how we stayed on the road long enough to find our way out of the fire. Oh, my God. What an amazing story. Whoa. That's amazing. You know, I know a a lot of people in California right now are going through not necessarily similar situations, but they've been mm-hmm. uh, impacted by this fire, the fires we've had here over the last few right. months. Um, how, okay, so the next step, after the fire, how was the recovery? What happened for you? How did you get through that? I think that there's a direct connection between the Bobcat story and coming back from disaster. What I tell people, my first piece of advice is to follow your bobcat, because I believe that the bobcat represents the grace that falls into our lives when we most need it and perhaps least expect it. And our part is to know that grace is coming, to be looking for it, and to follow it when we see it. After the fire, grace just compounded because 
the silver lining or one of the silver linings of a community disaster, especially at that scale, is that everyone pulls together for just a minute, at least everyone in this divided world of ours comes together to help each other. Just as we're all running for our lives, like, like the animals, we come together at a very fundamental level to pull each other up and to help each other. So my, my counsel for disaster survivors is to take advantage of that, to accept the help that's being offered and to ask for it when we need it. Mm. That is the hardest part of the comeback journey. That is so important. And I know, Sandra, you've developed a comeback formula, five steps to find the fortune in misfortune. What does that formula right. look like? <laughs> well, here's how I found it. After the fire, because I was a journalist and a, a storyteller, oh. essentially, and I'd come out of the worst part of the worst fire that anyone at that time could remember, um, I felt it was my job to tell that story, especially on behalf of my 12 neighbors, people within a mile or two of me who were among the 17 people we lost that week, way back in 2003 now. And um, as I was doing my research and interviewing just dozens and dozens and dozens of people, I started to notice differences in the way people were coming back from this disaster. And I noticed that their attitude coming back wasn't necessarily tied to how much or how little they'd lost in the fire. In fact, some of the people who had lost the least in the fire were more angry and bitter than than families who had lost loved ones. And that's what really turned on the light bulb for me, Paula, to see that there is an element of choice here, even though we may not have had any choice whatsoever about the disaster that's fallen into our lives, whatever disaster Mm -hmm. it may be, from a hurricane to a fender bender, we can still exercise choice over our response. And because I'm a storyteller, I like to call it Choose your story. What kind of story are you going to write going forward? We can be victims if we want to be. Certainly everyone in the media was calling us that, and you see it even now. Disaster victims, fire victims, hurricane victims. We can choose, though, to think of ourselves as survivors on our way to becoming thrivers, even victors over this situation, on our way to transforming it transforming our disaster into an opportunity. So that was the first point that I noticed that sort of smacked me upside the head, as we would say in my native South. And I started to wonder if maybe there were other principles that were common in coming back successfully from any sort of adversity. And I started to look into the positive psychology literature and found an entire body of work called resilience, and even a subset of that literature that's called post-traumatic growth. So as I delved into that and looked at all the different practices and principles that have been proven to support resilience in the face of adversity, I boiled them down into five practices that sort of sum up all the rest, and that's what I call the comeback formula. That's great. Now, can all these five formulas be found in your book? Is that, uh, is that something that uh, people can uh, look forward to? Certainly, I set it up in my book. I talk a lot in my book. There's a whole chapter about not being a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, I learned the comeback formula not only from research, but from experience, because these are the, the steps that we sort of stumbled across What I've done now, which is a more um, concentrated way for people to really delve into this, is I've created a workbook called the Comeback Formula Workbook, five practices that are proven to transform disaster and opportunity and even loss into legacy. And that's available on my website. But also, I have a very quick summary of the Comeback Formula that your listeners can find at ComebackFormula.com. That's great. Great. you know, I have uh, I have a question for you. You know, we we're sure. gonna. It seems like life is going to throw us more storms and floods and fires and earthquakes. Yes. And I believe that people should be aware of the mistakes that uh, can be made that can actually cost people their lives. 
What is your tips mm. around that? Well, I have another formula for that called the live formula. And I've, I've been on television nationwide sharing this formula. L stands for listen to your gut. If you feel you're in danger, you probably are and should act accordingly. You do not need to wait for an official evacuation notice. In fact, the responders may be over and may not be able to get to you, as was our case. I is to inform yourself, keep up with the news, watch the weather. We have so many great apps, scanner apps, and other real-time information we can just download on our phone to watch what's happening. B is to value your life more than your possessions. Pre-pack your car. Be ready to go if there's an active fire in your area. Do not waste precious moments when a fire is headed your way packing your car. Some people didn't have that kind of time and they, they died with a car full of stuff. And the last one is E, which is evacuate early rather than waiting until things get really scary or trying to be a, what I call a garden hose hero and save your own house against 100 feet of flames. Evacuate mm. early, get out while you still can. Sandra, so that's my live formula. I love that, and I love everything mm-hmm. you've shared with us today. It's so timely and so important. So would you give your contact information, your website, and again, the one where they can get this formula, or the two formulas? Sure. Right. So there's um, a summary, again, of the comeback formula, all five steps, available at comebackformula.com. Good. And also, on that download, that's a PDF download, is a copy of what I call my five-minute resilience workout. And it's just a few minutes of exercises that help us to run through each of the five steps of the comeback formula, which start with gratitude, include accepting help, as we talked about, um, and three other principles. And it will actually help you implement those into your life. So that is at Comeback Formula. Dot com, which will direct you to my website. The workbook is there. Fire Outside My Window is also there if you're interested in, in reading more. Fabulous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We so appreciate you being with us today, and I know our listeners have gained a lot. And coming up I next so. in our next segment, we have uh, Gary Sinclair. He's going to be talking about the art of happiness for the holidays, and we'll be right back. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Welcome to Transition Radio. And today, we are talking about the art of happiness for the holidays. Paula, welcome. You're looking very <laughs> dapper in your, in your antlers today and me and my cap. Yeah. <laughs> Don't settle down for a long winter's nap. Yeah, we fun. got work to do. <laughs> yeah, we, we have work to do today. You know, today mm-hmm. we've got some really amazing guests because we're really talking about how to reduce stress in the holidays. Mm-hmm. How uh, we have one guest talking about some of the uh, natural disasters that are taking place in our country today, right. and how to overcome uh, some of the stress around that and become resilient. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty amazing uh, show. Yes, it is. It's a tough time of year for people who are dealing with loss. We have a lot of people in California right now who've lost their homes to fires, lost their businesses. Um, it's a tough time. I know in my own little circle, there have been two deaths in this last week. And so, you know, when we deal with loss at the holidays, it's particularly tough. You know, I was talking to a, a fellow yesterday, and he, we were talking about he was uh, with the uh, police department, I, I believe, and he um, 
was telling me that this is the the time of year that you know there's more suicides a, a mm-hmm. lot of there's a lot of people that seem to leave their body at this time of year mm-hmm. right you know through illness through uh-huh. you know uh, through stress, through things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. You know, tis the season to be merry for mo- many of us, but it's also the season of stress and anxiety, um, angst, uh, you know, and, and sometimes we show up with behaviors that, uh, you know, aren't aren't necessarily becoming uh, of each other True. because of the stress overwhelm. that's put on, right? Mm-hmm. The overwhelm. Yes, right? so much to do. Yeah. And I think part of what, what is difficult for people when you're – dealing with some kind of loss or emotional upset, and it looks like everybody else is happy. You feel even more isolated, more alone, and and apart from everybody else. You know, everybody looks holiday happy, and really they may have issues going on too, but we don't know that. Well, it's that's a really good point. I mean, there are you know we show up with a good face on, but you know underneath mm-hmm. the surface, how do you feel? Exactly. And really, you know, what I hope to accomplish in our show today is to really help our listeners, give them some tips and strategies for dealing with stress, mm-hmm. to bring in more joy, more happiness, more love in their life. Absolutely. So that they really, you know, no matter what we're going through, it it really it's a time to really kind of cast aside some of the difficulties in our life. I think that's kind of what this season is about, Mm -hmm. to really connect with our joy, connect Mm -hmm. with um, family members or people that, friends, that'll bring us a little more happiness in our life, right? Well, speaking of tips, I have a few as well. Um, One of the things I would say to anybody out there who's dealing with a tough situation right now, some kind of a loss or some kind of upheaval in your life, the first thing I would say is be authentic. You were just saying a minute ago, Ken, how we show up looking holiday happy and all that. That's not always so good for us. Now, that doesn't mean you show up as Mr. Glum or or doing your impression of Scrooge. But what it does mean is take some kind of time. Find somebody safe that you can speak to about your true feelings, whether that's a friend or a therapist or whoever, your mother maybe, Whoever it is that you can actually talk to about what's really going on with you, that's important. I think that's a really good point, Paula. And I think what I was talking about, sometimes we have to fake it till we make it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do have to put on that happy face mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I sometimes I, I tell my, my children, I say, you know, tell your face you're happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, you know, they're in, they're in a depressed state, but, you know, when we start to move our body in different ways. We mm-hmm. start to put a smile on our face. So you can try it right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to feel sad when you're, you're, you're up your beach, you're, you're, you know, you're moving yeah. your body in a, in a powerful way. You got a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. How do you feel sad around that? There's actually a meditation where you close your eyes and you smile and they say it produces different chemicals in your brain, which does eventually change how you feel. Well, I love that. And, you know, I'd like to, one of my tips that I wanted to give people today on how to deal with the stress is when you wake up in the morning, first thing is take some very deep breaths in and take some time to meditate or just relax. You know, imagine yourself in a beautiful place. Um, Think about things that are joyful in your life, things that have come Mm -hmm. to you in the past that would enliven your spirit, right? But, you know, our day how you start your day a lot of times is how you end your day. Yeah. So start it mm-hmm. with ease and grace and a little meditation. Mm-hmm. And another tip I'd like to give is cut back. Don't be afraid to cut back. I have to tell you something kind of funny. I now have my second, count them, my second Christmas card that just came in the mail. And this is because years ago, I said, I am no longer going to sit up until two o'clock in the morning writing Christmas cards, making myself miserable. So what I do do is after Christmas, I'll write a few Christmas cards to people I really want to connect with and say something to, but I don't send out a mass amount of Christmas cards. Now, obviously, I don't get a mass amount of Christmas cards either, but it's okay. I don't mind that because I've saved myself a ton of stress. So find places where you can cut back. I love that. Cut back on your stress, right? Yeah. That's really good. (laughs) You know, another tip I'd like to say is, um, you know, get moving in the holidays. I know me personally, and people think I'm a little out there, but 
uh, most of my shopping is done. <laughs> okay? Woohoo! It's, it's You're done. way ahead of me. <laughs> I, I'm ahead of a lot of people, but you know, it's like get going. I know it's coming, mm-hmm. and I try to try to uh, uh, plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I had uh, I had a really great experience. I have 12 grandchildren, right? And I was thinking, Judy and I were thinking, my wife and I were thinking, what are we going to do? How are we going to get all these kids? What, this is going to take <laughs> us forever to shop. So I called my daughter and I said, you know, how can we make this easy? She said, oh, no problem, Dad. I'll give you the suggestions. You go on Amazon and buy them. I went, I'll t- I-, I take you up on that. I love it. So we've been doing that. It- and it's really worked well with us. Online shopping is the bomb. There's no two ways about it. And it's getting somebody great. else to give you ideas, that's the bomb too, <laughs> online. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and another helpful tip is don't be afraid to do things differently. So maybe you've been one who's always baked a ton of cookies for everybody. This Christmas, give them something different, you know? Don't be afraid to bring your holiday dinner in. There are markets that are creating amazing, beautiful foods that people can pick up and serve at home without the stress and the energy outlay of cooking the meal. So don't be afraid to do things differently. Try it. A difference. That's that's really good. It's like get outside your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. I think for some people, if you've if you've been so steeped in tradition for so many years and you're used to doing things the same old mm-hmm. way, it's like ask yourself, what's another way I could do this to reduce my stress? What's exactly. a great what's an easier way I can do this? Exactly. Right? Some of you don't have traditions. And by the way, traditions are fun. I know one of our traditions is my wife uh, orders uh, croissants from France every year, and we have them uh, Christmas morning, right? Uh, So we just started a Christmas tradition. So for some, my tip would be to reduce stress by creating a really cool, fun tradition that you could really enjoy for years to come. Yes, and maybe that tradition is taking yourself to a spa the day before Christmas or having a massage You know, the thing is, we're all adaptable. And if you don't do the same thing you've done for your family every year, everyone will survive. And you may even come up with something that's more fun that you replace it with. You know what I love about that? Because this is the time of year a lot of times people revert to their old bad habits, right? They overeat, they overdrink, they uh, get dosed up on caffeine, Mm. um, (laughs) or they go to their anger habits. You know, (laughs) They don't like this or that, or they're complaining or their worry habits, right? But this is a time of year to really reconnect with yourself, with your soul, with that joyful part inside of you that really has the answers Mm -hmm. to creating a joyful, happy Christmas. So my thought would be, and you know, I I love, I wrote a book on questions, asking you will succeed, Mm -hmm. right? So my question for the year is, what has to happen for you to make this the most joyful, heartfelt Mm -hmm. season of the holidays that you've ever had? What has to happen? I think you ought to write that down and and answer that question. Because if you do, you're going to bring in more joy in your life. That is beautiful. And what I also love about that is it's sort of bringing people back to the heart of what Christmas is all about. It's a time of joy, a time of love, a time of cherishing people you love. And if we get too caught up in the shopping and the wrapping and the cooking and the partying, we lose sight of that. And then it's done, and all you can do is breathe a sigh of relief, but you didn't really have a beautiful experience. You know, my tip there is slow down to succeed. Mm. Slow Mm. it down, take some steps back, relax. You know, look at a Christmas bulb. Really enjoy the beauty of it. Look at the pictures of of the season. Look Mm. at uh, the Hanukkah. um, What's the... um, Menorah. Menorah, thank Mm -hmm. you. The Hanukkah menorah, look at the beauty of that. Mm -hmm. Watch the candles glow. Feel the glow in your own heart. You know, this is a time for us to connect with one another. And I don't know any way better to do that than to find the joy by finding the beauty in all areas of life right now during this season. Mm, I love that, Ken. I can't think of anything to top that I got with. One it's more. beautiful. I got one oh, more you're tip. You're going to top yourself. I got one more tip. Okay. It's, it's just the tip <laughs> that it goes with the season, and that's the generosity. This is the season mm. to be more generous than maybe you've ever been in this season. So if we can reverse Scrooge, you know, and all of us, you know, <laughs> are try, you know trying, to, yeah. trying to be more generous. But I'm, I'm talking about 
increasing it maybe tenfold. Mm -hmm. What would that be for you? Mm -hmm. You know, and it doesn't mean monetarily you have to, you know, spend a lot more. You can go find somebody that really needs your help right this moment and go give them your love. And speaking of that, we have a lot of people who lost their homes in the last couple of weeks in fires. A lot of people who are in need this Christmas, maybe what you want to do is find a family who has particular need or who's just gone through this disaster and see what you can do for them. That's really good. And coming up in our next segment is Sandra Mills Younger. Sandra is a expert on uh, resiliency, and she has a book out called The Fire Outside My Window. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back with Sandra. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. Baby boomers, are you prepared? In a recent study from Transamerica, 45% of baby boomers are expecting a financial decrease in their standard of living after retirement. If you live into your 90s, you can go without a paycheck for 30 years. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton from Sexton Advisor Group. With almost 20 years in the business, I can answer your retirement questions. Get your complimentary retirement guide by calling 1-800-560-2611. That's 1-800-560-2611. Or go to sextonadvisorygroup.com. That's S-E-X-T-O-N, advisorgroup.com. Is living in today's fast-paced world making you feel stressed and out of balance? Are anxiety, sleeplessness, depression, lack of focus, or weight gain robbing you of your relationship and your energy? If you're ready for change, you need to call Paula Shaw at Rebalancing You. Paula helps you identify and eliminate self-sabotaging thinking and behavior. Using a wide variety of mind-body techniques, she provides her clients with the most effective processes for their specific needs. To book a rebalancing session with Paula, call 858-480-9234. That's 858-480-9234. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Well, welcome back. Today, we're talking about the art of happiness for the holidays And I want to let you know this show is being brought to you by Sherry Blair, your financial consultant. And Sherry is probably listening right now, Paula. She I is, hope so. She's the most wonderful person. And just going to say that. One of the things we love so much about Sherry is she really specializes in helping women with financial issues and helping them to develop their own security so that they can have a retirement with ease and grace. Well, Sherry, I hope you're listening. Uh, We truly love you, and we thank you so much for sponsoring our show. Well, I have a friend in studio, and uh, we've known each other for many years. His name is Gary Sinclair, and he's a speaker, an author, and a leader in energy medicine, and his latest work, Soul Link, is producing 100% results in neutralizing PTSD, memories, and seconds. His work is medical peer-reviewed. Gary is the founder of META, META, which is the Memory Energy Therapy Association. And Gary has three Lifetime Achievement Awards for his four decades of research work in this field. Gary, I'm so happy you're with us today. Welcome. <laughs> Oh, it's like being home again. <laughs> we go do go back. I, I mean, I think you were actually in this building before with somebody else. Am I in the right spot? Well, you're in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah wow. absolutely. So again, that's that's more than a decade back it, that we crossed paths. So, it yeah, it has been a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like we went back to Tony Robbins days. Well, that was yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a couple decades <laughs> well, ago. As the saying goes, it's good training. Yeah. Remember to use it. That, that's and right, you know, Gary. Absolutely. I'm so <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so excited that you're here because, as as you may or may not know, I do a lot of energy psychology work in my practice. Absolutely, because it moves people so much more quickly without a lot of ab reaction, suffering, tears, all of that. Right? It can really remove difficult memories and painful traumatic experiences. And this method that you've come up with does the same thing, doesn't it? The the big difference, Paula, is the fact that 
we've done decades of work. Uh, you know, people will people will go and do talk therapy or other pieces that are out there, mm-hmm. and it takes months, weeks, days, right. hours, whatever it is that they're doing. All of a sudden, God's graciously given me an understanding of human energy field in such a way that now we can actually take the energy field of the human body and using that field, increasing it as a potential positive field, pull the negative charge out of any thought or memory that they hold in mind. Uh, you know, the fact that we've now got proof that we've worked with over 12,000 people and been able to do this in seconds blows my mind. But yet the success mm. is there because after doing it with well, really 12,000, no one's running back and saying, oh, by the way, by the way, it didn't work. Mm. It is working mm-hmm. because our understanding of human energy, the life scale, the life source of who we are, has increased that much just in the last decade. You know what I'm wondering about? We were just speaking with... Sandra Miller's younger, and she is a survivor of the worst wildfire. So obviously, Mm. in the last couple of weeks, we have many people who are probably dealing with trauma and PTSD. Can this kind of method work for that? As long as they're certified or trained to know how to do this work for themselves, it won't matter what they hold in mind as a negative. It's going to negate it for them as a negative charge Mm -hmm. in roughly 20 seconds. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, this this is a big a big uh, breakthrough in uh, energy psychology and working with the uh, right. the human mind and body. Mm. And um, so there are a lot of people that can really benefit from this. You know, Gary. One of the things that I know about you is that you're love living rather than love seeking. Can Absolutely. You, let's talk oh. about that concept real quick. It, it, it almost brings me to tears because I had a whole discussion last night that did it. But uh, your heart beats. You know what? If it didn't beat, you wouldn't be here. Two things required for your body, a heartbeat and air, oxygen. Mm -hmm. Put duct tape over your mouth, you don't exist. Stop the heart, you don't exist either. So because that heart beats, I recognize that that heartbeat is providing to me my life force. It's creating the energy field around me, which is what I'm using. But because it beats, it also beats unconditionally. I can't start it. I can't stop it. So I figure it's unconditional love. And if in truth, it's unconditional love, and that produces the energy field in which my body is housed in that alive and living field of energy, why would I not choose to be that which it is and be love? And if I'm going to be love, why not be love living? Why not represent myself to myself as being that which love is, as well as helping other people get to where they recognize they are what that love is as well. So love living, that's definitely my theme. Is this mm. part of your system of healing? Is this? Oh, absolutely. Do you take this into accommodation yeah. here? Well, again, based on the background in history, and your listener doesn't know it yet, but I went through 14 years of multiple sclerosis to where the only thing that moved on my body was my right arm. I mean, that's not a good outcome at the end of 14 years, and you're really thinking, okay, when am I going to die? What's going to go next? What's going to stop me and take me out of here? But yet the reality was, in my head, I would think the thought as I looked at the ceiling, God, if you love me, you'd heal me. And even though there was a voice that answered back, there was a continuation to the voice, I didn't pay attention to it because I wasn't thinking the thought. I had already thought my thought. Mm-hmm. My thought was, God, if you love me, you'd heal me. And it always said back, and if you loved yourself, you'd heal. So love mm-hmm. became for me the power that I then turned to use to love what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And in the process, knowing absolutely love always pulls whatever it touches towards its highest potential memorize that. Love always pulls whatever it touches towards its highest potential. The highest potential of this physical body is healing. My blood work just said, nine pages of blood work, my cholesterol was two-tenths of a point high and I laughed. But I'm going to be 73 real soon. And may I say to our listeners, he is sitting here and he's in perfect shape and all parts of his body are moving. You bet. I'm going to go ice skating after this for an hour. You actually can do that at the inn in Rancho Santa Fe. I was there the other night. (laughs) You know, Gary, your uh, published peer review took five months from the date you submitted it uh, to become complete. Why did it take so long? Well, again, there were 2,200 people involved in the entire review, but one of the pieces that we need to recognize is even though this therapy will do what it does in 20 seconds, 95 out of 100 of those people had it, the memory neutralized in 20 seconds. Five out of 100 needed to only hold on to the emotions and feelings that remain again and run the process again. Now, I can tell you exactly how quickly it's gone, but yet I require that they run the whole process all over again. So at that point, 2,200 having done the work, had neutralized their worst memory ever hmm. in 20 wow. to 40 seconds. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
So why is Soullink uh, 100% successful in neutralizing any memory in seconds? How, why is this? Oh, why, I want to know this. Why is this. That is the number one question. HeartMath Institute will tell you that the heart beats, it produces a field around you. That field around you is 5,000 times stronger in positive energy than what the mind holds. The mind itself, the field of the mind is 100 as compared to the 5,000. And in fact, the brain is created for the preservation of who you are, so that 100 really runs on a negative charge. So by being able to take and use the entire field of energy around the person, being able to use the entire representation of the energy that's life force to you, we're potentiating that. That 5,000 just progressively becomes stronger. And as it becomes stronger, it doesn't matter what you hold in mind. Power versus force says power is going to win. Power is positive in that field of energy. Therefore, that potentiation of using all the energy at the same time rather than one meridian at a time all causes, causes the end result. What if I don't believe in energy? What if I don't believe in in this? Uh, you know, this is. I love it. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> you know? love it. They stand there and they tell me how it won't work for me. The tears are running down their eyes. They're saying you're making me think about a memory that's the worst thing ever. And I mean, really, the worst thing ever. And the next thing you know, they're standing there crying and they're laughing out loud and they're like, "What just happened? How can I laugh at this? This can't be true." And there they stand with the worst. And I mean. We do it content-free, which I love. The work is actually done staying out of discussion right? because the person just needs to hold the memory in mind. Mm-hmm. But knowing that, I mean, I've got people that have ended up telling me what those memories were, and it's everything from shooting someone's face in Vietnam. Uh, one, one gal at age three, her grandmother died on top of her and laid on top of her for nearly two full days before they found her with her mm-hmm. grandmother laying on top of her. I mean, it's, it's like how have they lived 73 years for mm-hmm. that woman with this trauma, this nightmare, this horror, and yet— in seconds, neutralized. Wow. So how does this method work, Gary? This miraculous oh. <laughs> method, I Easiest thing to do, honey. <laughs> Absolutely easiest thing to do is if you're willing, you think about what would be for you one of your worst memories ever and let me actually do it to you. It, it, oh. The best way, to, best way to get it mm. is in live experience. Okay. So I, you, you find the memory. One. You got yeah. one? Oh, you got, beautiful. You got about a minute and a half in can the I segment. Can I permission so. to touch your hands? Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Here we go, honey. I just want you to close your eyes. Okay. You close your eyes. Absolutely focus can on Can you do memory. it so they can see well, they won't, on they Facebook? Won't. Um, or can I move yeah. so that... Well, Lee, you can, can see, see this on Facebook. Doing? If you yeah. go to Transition Radio yeah. Show on Facebook, right. just uh, look that up. And uh, Gary's showing the technique right now on Facebook. We obviously can't see it via the... Airwaves. He's kind of rubbing his hand over my hand. Oh, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm, actually connecting up, I'm actually connecting up all the energy meridians so that as I'm connecting up all the energy meridians, what I'm really doing is allowing that heartbeat that you've got to potentiate its force and combine up with the next heartbeat so that as those beats continue to grow, the power of the energy that's positive in you is now pulling whatever it is that you're holding in mind as a negative charge out of that memory. So even now, as you open your eyes and look around the room, just notice things that are in the room so you stop thinking about that memory. But then do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. Think about the memory, drop right down near the emotions and feelings to check and realize, are they now neutral? And it's definitely different. <laughs> wow, okay. Wow. All right, yeah. well, listen, um, Gary, <laughs> I wish we had a lot more time with you. How do people get a hold of you? And we will have you back. And how can they learn more about this method and maybe see video of you doing yeah, Well, they won't actually see video. Again, it's, it's training that's being certified to people. I'm in Canada in January. I'm in the UK after that. I'm at a point now where it's got to go global because too many people are hurriedly waiting. So memory energytherapy.com, memoryenergytherapy.com. There's lots of longer video uh, interviews that are on there simply because I think I've done about 30 here in the last month, uh, two months. Okay. So it's, uh, they're beginning to back up because the word is out there. This needs to get out there, mm. and that's what we're doing. So memoryenergytherapy.com. Thank you so much, Gary. It was our gift and pleasure, or love gift we received, having you with us today. Oh, absolutely. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Gary. And, and we will be listening. right back. We're coming back with uh, Dr. Jonathan Sinclair. Smith. Smith. <laughs> this oh, was wrote... Gary's, I know. Uh, it's, on <laughs> my, it's on my sheet here, Sinclair. Okay. Dr. Dr. Jonathan, Jonathan Smith. Smith. <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. There's a question many of us ask ourselves when we are grieving. When will this pain ever end? 
Risk Life Transition Coach and Grief Recovery Specialist, Paula Shaw, wants you to know there is light at the end of the tunnel. In her new best-selling book, Paula gives you information and practical exercises you can use right away in your recovery process, including breathing methods, the emotional freedom technique, energy psychology work, and many other healing tools. Grief, when will this pain ever end? Available now on Amazon.com. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. And welcome back to Transition Radio. We're talking about the art of holiday happiness today. And we are being brought to you by Sherry Blair, your financial consultant. With us in this segment, somebody I've been really looking forward to meeting, Dr. Jonathan Smith, who is a leader in workplace wellness and who has a motto that it's more important to to promote wellness than treat illness. I love that and probably something we don't hear all that often from a doctor. So welcome, Dr. Smith. Well, welcome, Dr. Smith. I also <laughs> want to mention that uh, Dr. Smith was the, at the uh, University of Cape Town and gave the anesthetic for Christian Bernard's second double heart surgery. So that, uh, that's, uh, that's amazing that you did that. You've come a, a long way from there, I'm sure. Yes, that was, oh boy, that was about 40 years ago. But um, I guess the takeaway that I most cherish from that I went along to my chief afterwards and I said to him, okay, um, we've only done one of these before and it's not in the textbooks yet. How much anesthesia do I give this guy? And he straightened himself out and he looked at me and he said, enough. And that, you're (gasps) laughing. Enough. You're laughing, (laughs) enough. And um, that has been my principle ever since. How much Therapy, how much drugs, how much enough, which means somebody's got to be paying attention. Mm, that because. makes a lot of sense because I, I think uh, a lot of us don't know what enough is, whether it's in health or nutrition or exercise or. And it has to vary from individual to individual, right? No question. It is individualized and it requires communication between the two people. How much is enough? Have I I start low and build slow. <laughs> and good. the current practice of, here, take three of these five times a day, you'll feel better, mm-hmm. doesn't always work. In fact, I don't think it works often at all because we're all different, very different. Mm-hmm. And our diseases, whatever we're treating, have progressed to different extents so that perhaps somebody is on a very light dose of a particular medication and that is enough for them. The same illness in another person wouldn't touch them, wouldn't touch them at all. They'd probably discard it. And um, that has stood me instead for all of my anesthesia life. And it certainly is, um, it's an important principle that I use uh, in the occupation that I have at the moment. I guess we'll talk about that later. You know, I want to ask you, what is good health? Um, You know, why do we need it and how do we get it? You've spent a lifetime of study in this, so let's let's find out about this. Oh, uh, wow. I think good health is personal. I think it can be measured and it can be monitored, but it's a very personal thing. Somebody, for instance, who is an athlete, their good health means that they can perform at peak efficiency. Whereas, no pun intended and without offending anybody, if you expect us to perform like that, no matter how well we are, we can't do it. We haven't been trained to do it. We don't have the energy to do it. We don't have the muscles to do it. We can't do it. But I think it's a very individual um, finding in people. Wow. Okay. So today you're really more about promoting wellness rather than treating illness, as you say. So how do you do that, Dr. Smith? I take a history. Okay. People come to see me because they want something. 
And um, is it on the basis of nutrition, mm-hmm. exercise, stress relief? I think that those are the three determinants of health. There is so would you say that again? Exercise, nutrition, and... I think nutrition is first. Okay, nutrition. Nutrition. Mm-hmm. Food is fuel. Yes. We are what we eat. Yeah, absolutely. And most people eat what I call a mess. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a manufactured, edible, sustainable stuff. <laughs> M-E-S-S, manufactured, edible, sustainable stuff. But it's not good nutrition. It may not be. Uh, okay. I often use the example. Uh, let me let me ask you a question. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Hyundai Elantra. Okay. What would happen to your Hyundai, which I imagine you know pretty well, mm-hmm. if you loaded up with uh, twenty bags of cement in the back, <laughs> filled it full of Pemex gas, and didn't service it? Mm, it wouldn't run very well. I okay. Think. I agree with you. <laughs> your body is a transport machine. You are a physiological machine. You are a life machine. Mm -hmm. But I often use the same things that apply. Lighten the load, preventative maintenance, we call it sleep, Mm -hmm. and a little bit of tune-up and exercise and things like that. Stress relief, exercise, watch the weight. Mm -hmm. And um, it leads, in my opinion, to a healthier, longer more sustainable, more fun lifestyle. Yes, it sounds like it. And those things, I think, can be very easily measured. You can measure weight. Yes, yes. You can measure the fuel. If you're loading up with synthetic carbs, that ain't very good fuel, Mm -hmm. and it simply gets stored around your body, and in no time at all, you're obese. Exactly. Uh, Exercise, how much exercise do you do? Do you just get up and walk and turn on the television and come back? That ain't exercise. Do a little bit, anything, some. Walk to the end of the block and back. And then if you can do more, do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But most people I see now currently have gotten themselves, (laughs) they're like car wrecks. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. where do you start fixing a car that's been involved in an accident? And then they wonder why they aren't feeling good. And most doctors then give them chemicals to try to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to it's talk quick, about this. The quick fix. Mm-hmm. The quick fix. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about this if we have time later on. Mm-hmm. I saw a lady who was on 36 prescription medications. Oh, the first 18 of which were to counteract the side effects of the second 18. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 Well, I saw a statistic lately that uh, recently that said uh, once you're 65, I, I think it's like, I forgot the exact statistic, but a very high percentage are on eight medications or more Mm, in the United States. Yes. Right. And it's not because... How how often have you heard somebody say, uh, you say to them, well, why are you doing this? Well, my doctor says so. They've got no say at all in what they're doing or why they're doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And this woman had no idea that half of it was for... So, you know, there's a lot of powerful doctors out there. So what do you say to your doctor when he keeps prescribing more and more medication for you? I don't want to take it. I want to go somewhere else. Okay. Good for Is you. one. Mm-hmm. Tell me why I'm taking this and why is this different from what I have been taking? Why am I not reacting to what you're giving me? Where is the defect? Where is the separation? The bottle says this much, and I'm taking this much. Why do I need that much? Right. Right. Why are you putting in low-octane gas into my car when my car runs on premium? Mm. Mm. We ask these questions, but we don't often ask them of the physician. Because aren't we looking for results? I mean, don't, you know, if I'm going to a doctor, I want to get good results. But I think the results are up to me, not to the doctor. Absolutely. The first result you doing is you're going to somebody who's supposed to know why you are where you are and how to fix it. You want the result as soon as you discover, oh, my God, I I feel terrible. Why? Right. Go along to a doctor and then look, monitor um, the question of enough. How do you know when enough is? You've got to keep touch with people. Got to measure it. 
We've got all kinds of devices out there to measure human physiology. Why do I have a heart attack? What have you been doing beforehand? Mm. Let's start changing some of that. Dr. And, Smith, yes. you're saying so many amazing things, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are thinking, wow, how do I learn more? Where is this man? How do I find him? So I want to, before we run out of time, have you give information about how can people learn more about you and your work? They can call me. They can text me. They can email me. I'm available. Okay, let's get, let's get a call number. Hmm. 619 Three three four seven. It's a cell phone. It's on my waist all the time, except when I'm in bed and sleeping. Okay, and also an email. I have an email address: healthier four four two at gmail dot com. Healthier four four two at gmail dot com. Okay. So- a website: healthier is wealthier. What do you mean by that? If you're healthy, you're not spending as much on health care. Mm-hmm. You are spending on health maintenance and there is a difference if you are doing the right things to keep your car well tuned by getting good fuel uh, preventative maintenance and um, you run it every now and again the car will run longer if you don't maintain it you got a pile of junk in your garage (laughs) all right so i have i have one last question to ask you Holidays are here. Yes. What is too much? <laughs> too much food, too much you know, alcohol. Too, what is too much for the average person? I do not eat carbs. Mm-hmm. I've decided that carbs are not good for me, so I don't have any artificial carbs at all. The carbs that I have are already built into good food, like fruit, mm-hmm. uh, sweet potatoes instead of grown potatoes. I don't have bread or cake or anything like that. Why? Because I decided for me that I would be healthier. And I don't need that stuff and all of the fancy icings and the decorations and the stuff and a whole bunch of candles. Yeah, it looks nice, but I don't need to eat it. So, so one more down. time, those right. three things that you said, we need good fu- fuel, good exercise, nutrition, nutrition, exercise. stress relief. That's it. Beautiful. You can plug in anything you like into those three things. All right. And thank you so much, Dr. Smith, for being with us today and for being who you are in the world and standing for doing things in a different way. Thank you very much. Mm. Next time I'm here, we'll talk about my work in cannabis. Beautiful. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jonathan Smith. This has been enlightening, and I'd love to have you back. This has really been a great show. For those of you that are tuning in on a weekly basis to Transition Radio Show, please let your friends know about us. They can find us on TransitionRadioShow.com, or if they Google us, Transition Radio or Transition Radio Show. And as Paula says, Just ask Alexa. (laughs) And don't forget KCBQ here in San Diego. We will talk to you next week. week. (laughs) 